Quest Community Church, living life as friends with faith through knowing God, loving others, and making a difference. Today it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, we've got uh, a number of the staff who are joining me here, and uh, we were sitting there uh, a few weeks ago talking about, as a staff, uh, what does friends with faith really look like? And what does that mean for the next steps in who we are as a church and where we're going and how we get there? And, and we were talking about that and we, uh, we became uh, engrossed in this conversation about the fact that we really want to be a church where uh, becoming is more important than doing. Where uh, we want you to grow and experience God's prosperity, God's blessing, God's uh, friendship in every area of your life, more than what you can do for us as a church, we want you in your work, in your family, and even in your involvement in church to find and walk in God's blessing for you. And uh, as we were discussing this uh, and what it really means and, and, and how we're going to act upon it, we, we actually came even more firmly, felt like God was actually uh, speaking to us more firmly about a phrase. And that is simply this. Sometimes we define mission in different ways, but, but we want to define our mission here in this phrase. Relationships are our mission. Relationships are our mission. And we're going to illustrate that uh, today a little bit and look at that a little bit more in terms of what that looks like. But, but we were just started asking ourselves then the question, what does that look like? What does that look like in the way we do church? Because the reality, I don't know about, about your reality, but my reality is most of the churches I've visited, and many of you know that I've worked as a consultant for 11 years working with churches in the West Coast, so I've visited a lot of churches. I've probably visited more churches than anybody in here. And uh, most of the churches talk about relationship, but most of what they do is geared around events and information. So we started to ask ourselves, what does it really mean? to make relationships our mission as a church. And, uh, and that's one of the things we want to propose to you today to talk about. And you want to talk a little bit about it from a biblical perspective, Jeremy? Sure, I'd love to. Um, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to read, because usually when I talk off script, I say things I don't want to say. And then Ross gets mad at me, and we have a fight. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read. I'm going to read just for a minute. Okay. Not your lament, is it? No, this is not. Uh, I'm a romantic uh, and idealist, and when I think of what the church should be, uh, I want it to have as its greatest characteristic love. Uh, my idealistic self believes that we can love one another in a way that is without fault. <laughs> I can see it. You know, it's all flowery and perfect. Uh, but then I experience reality, and the reality is that when is that we have to fight for love. Uh, we have to pray for it and we have to work hard in order to make sure that it's a characteristic of who we are. Uh, Jesus prays to his father in John 17, verse 20 through 26, um, that we, the church, might uh, love each other the same way that Jesus uh, loved God, the very same way that made them one. Uh, Jesus was praying for us to have unity and uh, as a body of believers. Now, consider his words. This is from the message. I'm praying not only for them, the church, but also for those who will believe in me. That's the lost. Uh, because of them and their witness about me, the goal is for all of them to become one heart and mind, 
just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so they might be one heart and mind with us. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave them, so they'll be as unified and together as we are, I in them and you in me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me and loved them in the same way that you loved me. Father, I want those you gave me to be with me right where I am so they can see my glory, the splendor you gave me, having loved me long before there ever was a world. Righteous Father, the world has never known you, but I have known you, and these disciples know that you sent me on this mission. I have made your very being known to them, who you are and what you do, and I continue to make it known so that your love for me might be in them exactly as I am in them. Now think about that for one moment. Uh, even as Jesus was considering his mission to the world, his life sacrifice, that the world might be brought back into union with him, he begins this task with one thing. And so often I think we're committed to doing a good work for God. And often in earnest, we set out to change our world for the kingdom of God. So we go out and we do something. We serve, we teach, we evangelize, we mission, whatever it is. You can fill in the blank. But Jesus As he is considering us in the future, he prays for us to have one thing. Unity through love. What did he say? See, Jesus didn't send out his apostles to share the gospel with everyone. That's what he did, right? Matthew 28. He says, go therefore into the world. He did do that, but he knew that the gospel is empty if it does not begin with love and unity. John 13, 35 says, Let me give you a new command. Love one another. In the same way I loved you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love you have for each other. For us, the church, we want to do the same thing. We want to fight for relationships. Now, I'm an idealist, and when I think about love and unity, I imagine a body of believers working, working together, striving for one another. Each of us gifted in our own way, serving the body out of our gifting. Um, yes, we're going to fight. Uh, yes, relationships are, messing, are messy. Unity does not come without struggle, but my ideal ends with us working together to solve our differences and demonstrating our love for one another. This is what the church looks like. It's not brick and mortar. It's not a location. But individuals coming together in unity and loving one another so that the lost might have an example of who Jesus is. The church is not a location. It's a body of people loving one another, serving one another, and demonstrating what it means to be connected as Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit are connected. We are the church. As I was preparing this, I was starting to think about why do I do church? Why do you do church? Really, why, why are you part of church? Isn't it because you want something that's going to change your life for the better? And isn't it even beyond that something? Uh, I can tell you the reason I do church. I can find a lot of jobs that would have less stress and more money. <laughs> I do church. You do church because we want to make a difference in people's lives, right? And as you look at history... When has that happened? The first 300 years of Jesus, after Jesus, even during Jesus' lifestyle, lifetime, 
Thousands of people were touched. And what did he do? Did he ever have a really formal church? Did he ever have a formal institution? No. It was just relationships. He had 12 people around him, and those 12 had people they oversaw, and they had 70 in that, and those people oversaw other people. They had 120 in that, and it just expanded. And you look at the first 300 years of the church. Did, did you hear that? 300 years of the church. The fastest growth of the church in history up until the recent decades was the first 300 years of the church. And all they did was a relationship. They didn't have a formal institution. It wasn't about attracting people to a place. It wasn't about establishing a place that everybody did something at. It wasn't even about a formal education program. It was about relationship. And even today, when we, when we span forward thousands of years to today, the places the church is growing the fastest, making the most difference. The church today, the largest, fastest growing church today is in China, and it's not the officially recognized Chinese church. It's the underground church that doesn't meet formally. There's just something about that scripture that Jesus prayed over us, that unity would be that which would transform our lives. Relationship, long-term healthy relationship would be what transforms our lives and what would transform our communities. And that's really, really the reason why we came even more firmly, because we've been wrestling. What's our mission? How are we going to reach our community? We've done so much the last three years to establish a greater degree of health and functional systems in this church body as we organize it here. But how are we going to make a difference in the community? And we all came to the conclusion it is through relationship because we have never seen, as we went around the room, we've never seen in our lives and we've never seen a biblical example in anybody else's lives an example of transforming lives and transforming community that's not based in relationships. So relationships for us our mission. We did this one little exercise that Denise led us in that I want her to lead all of us in this morning as well. So, Denise, would you take a break? Does anyone enjoy meetings where you just sit around and talk? I'm a meeting snob. I'm proud of it. And uh, halfway through our meeting, I was like, we can't do this. Like, I need a structure. I need to facilitate something. So this is what we went through, and uh, we came up with a wonderful product at the end. But it's really just our input. And we thought, since we are the church, that we all need to you know, participate in the same process. So what I'm going to ask for you to do is, in the same um, black crates that Melissa had you get out the other forms, there are Post-it notes. So if you could grab those... I need everyone to take, I don't know, about three or four of them and then pass them down. And take a pen, because you're going to write on them. You're really excited that you sat on the end of the aisle today, aren't you? <laughs> and by the way, I'm Denise Snowden. I'm the children's pastor or whatever else I need to do. And this is... Jeremy, he was just speaking. He's the youth pastor. I know I ran into some new people this morning, so I just want to make sure you knew. He's the big guy <laughs> that we make fun of all the time. Pastor Stature, Ross. not size. That's what my kids say, but when they say I'm the big guy, they go like this. Oh, <laughs> they pat gotcha. my tongue. And then we have Wendy, who's married to the big guy, but more importantly, she's our small groups pastor. And then we have our worship director, Dusty, at the end there. All right, does everyone have a couple of post-it notes? Okay, so you're going to be presented with three questions. 
and I want you to write a response, just a single response on each post-it note. So if you need more post-it notes, just pass them back and forth. So capture a single response on each post-it note, and if you have more than one, use more than one post-it note. Um, I want you to think about uh, what Ross just mentioned, that if our vision is to be in relationship with each other, and we say relationships are our mission as a church body, I want the first prompt for you to reflect on is to be, what does that look like? What does it look like to you if relationships are the mission, or are your mission, or are our mission at Quest? And for each response, you might have three or four to answer that one question. Write them on separate post notes. So take a couple minutes. Well, actually, 30 seconds. If relationships are the mission, what does it look like? So what are you seeing in the church, outside of the church? Would you like an example? I might see people lingering after church, hanging out with each other. You might want to restock up on some post-it notes and get ready for the second question. It's a natural building onto the prior question. So if relationships are our mission as a church, if it's our mission as individuals, relationships are, what does it sound like? So these are things you would hear people saying. An example might be, um, what are you doing on Tuesday night? Do you want to take the kids to a movie together? What are some things you might hear? What does it sound like to be in relationship, to have relationship as our mission? And before I give you the third question, after the third question's over and you've got your responses, you're going to move to either that wall or to that wall. And you're gonna do a process that's called an affinity process. An affinity is, I'm going to take my post-it notes that answer the first question, what does it sound like up there on the wall, and I'm going to take those, I'm going to put them up, and if I see other people who have similar responses, I'm going to group them together. So there'll be little clusters. If someone else said that, you know, I would go out with my friends during the week from church and I would invite my neighbors, you know, to come with us, then, and I see other people wrote the same thing, I'm going to put my post-it note by their post-it note and group it, but all under what does it look like, because that's the response to that. So after you answer the third question, you'll go up to the walls and kind of group them, um, but what does it look like, sound like, and feel like on either wall? So the last question, of course, now is, well, what would it feel like? If relationships are our mission at Quest, relationships are your mission individually, what does it feel like? That's the affective. An example might be that I feel like I belong. As soon as you've got yours finished, go ahead, get up, move over to the closest wall and start to group your responses. We're going to come look too. See some people, they don't want to worry about grouping. They're just going to stick them up there because they're the first ones up. Got it down, Sean. Get a chance to read some of the other re responses. Okay. I liked one of them that said, what does it sound like what Ross said during church on Sunday last week? <laughs> like, yeah. I think I saw one that said it sounds like uh, Lisa singing more Dusty singing class. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that. I mean, no, I didn't. 
I saw one that says, how is your, we'll be asking each other, how is your brother not, is it going to rain? Could we extend that to not, did the Buckeyes play well? <laughs> nah. I saw one that said, how do you really feel? Or how are you really doing? Not just passing surface level. And uh, some, something I saw that was real, uh, it was just informal chatting, so we were informal chatting. And, uh, you know, just what does that sound like? Not people having, uh, you know, little key cards to read off of, not just the one thing, but, but just folks talking to folks, just being able to have a real lines of communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw not judgmental. Um, and I think I love Jack and Vanita's video with financial peace because that honesty that they have and the openness to be able to share, well, you know, how much do you want to share about our debt? But I just love that part of it. It looks like and feels like I can share and be real and I'm not, I don't have to be criticized for that, um, that honesty. I saw one with, from somebody who has very, very sensitive ears. It was, uh, we will hear crunching food. <laughs> So let me let me just kind of throw this out because we've discussed this, and I know you've you've seen uh, staff guys, you've seen some gals, you've seen some other stuff on the wall as well that would relate to this. But how does uh, what will we see, feel, and hear about the way we relate to one another as church? Let's talk more about that. One of the things that we're what Quest has been is we have been a church that has small groups. We're a church that who has small groups, but we want to become more of a church of small groups and the difference that that makes is that we don't want from our kids on from as young as we can get them um, till as old as we can go that they know that spiritual growth happens in relationship I mean we know that from you know theology the first time that God ever said something wasn't good it was in the Garden of Eden and everything was perfect Adam and God were together and still he said it wasn't good we're created with that need for wanting to have and needing relationship so the way that Denise and Nicole have set up, and they'll talk more about that, but how they have established the children and Jeremy with the youth on up is that we do life together. We do it in intentionally in relationships. Yeah. Um, in the children's ministry, when I took over three years ago, um, one of the things I really wanted to bring was a sense of community. There was a lot of fragmentation and uh, really wanted to have some consistent people who would commit to serving in the children's ministry. Even my son this morning, he's home from college, and he's teaching second service. And he said, Mom, i got to work at church. He was, and he took himself back. He says, oh, no, I don't have to work. I have to serve. So he changed his language there. So really that people don't think of it as a... Um, a commitment where it's a it's a burden. It's something they enjoy doing. It's serving others. Um, so trying to say, find a curriculum that would really embrace what we wanted to do uh, was a challenge. And we found one, the one that we have been using, and it's a small group model. So the kids, when they come in, they start in small groups for 15 minutes. After 15 minutes, they go to large group experience. This is the K-5 Preschoolers join in because we need to have opportunities for the older kids to mentor and to, you know, experience opportunities for leadership with the young students. 
Um, they also have a video, so that's really in touch with how their brain works, and they like a lot of visual stimulation. And then they go back and they continue the small group experience uh, with a lot of um, application and very practical ac activities. Um, they also pray together. One of the things um, that we're going to start doing is instead of calling um, everyone who serves in children's ministry teachers, we're going to start referring to them, and hopefully they, they'll be referring to themselves as well as small group leaders. Um, because that's really what they are. We want to um, take this opportunity right now, beginning of a new year, and make that shift from uh, being a teacher is kind of a big me, little you mentality. Like I have all the knowledge and wisdom that I must impart to you. And I know in school, at least when I was in school growing up, that was the feeling that you got. You know, the teacher was in charge. It was her or his classroom. You were kind of like a guest in that classroom. And, you know, whatever the teacher said is, is what goes. And now we want this to be more of a sense of community where it's not big me, little you. You know, that we're all on the same page. We're all learning from each other. And one of the things I want more of is that even the teachers, and they have been doing this, um, but even more so saying, this is what I learned from the kids. Or I'm so glad that I was serving as a small group leader today because I had never really studied in depth this passage of the Bible that the kids were studying, and now I understand it even better because I can see it through their, their eyes. So really trying to balance it, bring it together, and have people really excited about building relationships uh, as a community within the children's ministry. Yeah, we're, we're already seeing little pictures of this happen around the church. One of the things that we're doing in the student ministry is we're, we're reframing our morning classes uh, so that they are a small group structure in the same way that the children's ministry has done, this, done that. And, and uh, just uh, last week, uh, I had one of the small group leaders. Uh, one, we used to call her a teacher. Uh, now she's a small group leader. Um, and uh, Barb Stewart, many of you know Barb. She's wonderful. And, and uh, she has been teaching uh, in the classroom structure for a while now. And just last year, we said we want to make these small groups for the kids. And, and uh, she embraced that wholeheartedly. And uh, just last week with Promotion Sunday, the, the ninth graders who transitioned out of her middle school um, small group into the high school small group, she, I, I saw her running down the hallway uh, so that she could uh, go and, and give them donuts. And uh, she told me later, she said, well, I wasn't, I wasn't a part of the class, um, sorry, the small group, I'm still working on it myself. Um, <laughs> Uh, she said, I wasn't a part of the small group when they, when they moved up, and so I wanted to be able to say goodbye to all the kids that I've built this relationship with. And, and, and I just said, you know, that's, that's precisely what we want to do, is we want to develop uh, really close relationships with our small group leaders, with the small groups, and, and, and allow those to, uh, to really just blossom and flourish in, in that context. So as Wendy was stepping into the position of uh, leading the small groups a few months ago, she came to me and asked me a question, well, what do you really want these small groups to be on the adult level? And uh, do you, uh, where's the emphasis? And the emphasis so many times has been on the content, on the information. And my response to her was, was simply this. Uh, life is a marathon, not a sprint. Relationships that help us grow are a lifetime thing, not a short-time thing. And so for me, the most important thing in our small group experience, whether it's a formal small group, we'll talk a lot about small groups, but we really mean relationship. You may not be in a formal small group at Quest, right? 
But you have people in your life, if you have people outside of that in your life who are intentional, you're intentionally growing with, it's really more about having those relationships so strong and so open and so fun and so good that when you get to celebrate something, they're the ones who celebrate with you. And when you're going through a difficult time, which is where most of us grow the most when we hit those difficult times, those relationships are there, that they're honest and open. It really is not so much about the curriculum. I mean, we, we still want to have good content so we grow, right? I mean, that's just part of it. We want that to be interesting. But really the most important thing is who are your friends who, when you're moving, are going to help you move? Who are your friends who, when you're in the hospital, are going to help you? Who are your friends who, when you're grieving because of a loss in your family, are going to be the ones that you feel safest to, that you can cry with? Who are the ones that, when you get a promotion are going to just celebrate with you. When you have a baby, are going to have fun with you. When you are just, you know, that's really the most important thing because change happens because of those relationships in our life. And those relationships last a long time when we develop them well. So we've talked a little bit about uh, what it looks like, how we relate to another. There's a couple, story, a couple more stories. I know Dusty had one story that he wanted to share about what he thinks it looks like when we relate to one another as well. Yeah, as uh, most of you know, for the last couple of months, I won't. You're all the way back there. I just feel like I'm like looking this way the whole time. Also, doing my focal point over here. Um, one thing that most of you know is we've, we've started doing something called patio nights um, here on the campus uh, for the last couple of months. And uh, uh, we had one in, in July and August. We have an upcoming one in September, and uh, my whole premise with this, we were challenged um, by Ross and the board to kind of think of some more outreach opportunities, uh, was when you have free time, when you have spare time, are you going to something that's highly organized and lots of structure? Are you, are you going to classes all the time? Or how do you like to spend your know, free time just hanging out with people? And, and that uh, kind of birthed a pattern. And for those of you who've been there, it's very low structure. Uh, we have lots of games, we have food, we have music, uh, there's a lot of other things happening. Uh, but it's, it's very low structure, it's been, uh, you know, super, uh, you know, super successful, uh, I feel. And one of those benchmarks of that success is uh, last weekend, uh, uh, Jeremy, uh, myself, and the students in our respective lives, we went to... Uh, I have a husband. Huh? I have a husband. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said students. Okay. <laughs> so we went to Amish <laughs> we country, and we had Patty and I and I have uh, that we were going to head up with, and uh, we were closing up shop. We were, we were shutting things down. We were putting things away. We kept the lights on. But people stayed I mean, well after it was time to go home. People were still there just hanging out. And uh, that uh, showed that this was uh, exactly what it, it meant to be doing. And, and another thing that happened that was more personal to me is uh, we have a, I have a group of friends that I had before I, I came to Quest. And um, when you work in, in ministry, uh, besides that, I do work as a, as a teacher uh, and, a, and a worship director at uh, a single college Christian academy just now. And so my friends who are not necessarily in a church family um, know what I do and they know my faith. Uh, but most of the time, I'm like, well, that's what it's his name. That's, that's what he does. And so you're constantly trying to work on these people. And we had uh, several of our friends trying to make this mass exodus this summer, moving a, a couple that took on to our missions positions in, in New Orleans, Louisiana, a couple that got sent overseas uh, for military duty. And so it's kind of dwindled down 
our group, and it's just meeting these two guys uh, that uh, are not necessarily lost. Um, they know Christ, but they're not in the group, and the body and, and church has been a burden to them. But I invited them to come out to uh, Patio Night and I masqueraded it as needing help to set things up. And uh, they had. Did you lie? And uh, so what ended up happening was I ended up being very busy. And uh, I looked over about an hour or so into it and they're playing cornhole with you guys. You know, just talking, having a relationship. I didn't introduce them to anybody, which I probably should have. Um, I didn't do any of that. It was just natural, and it's something, and it was really important for one of them. My friend Nick, that week, had lost his uncle in a motorcycle accident, um, and uh, about uh, a few days before that, he just got word that one of his friends who was overseas uh, was killed in combat, and then taken back five months and his grandfather had died as long as that cancer. And so to be at that point, uh, to be there with not any construction, nobody saying, hey, this guy's grieving, you know, we should pay attention to him. He just a relationship. And I think it's really opened his eyes to what church can be. Uh, not necessarily a building, but a body of believers who's connected to people. Any other comments uh, that we have about uh, how this affects the way we think about service and leadership? I was thinking about moms and tots, and I'm not very involved in that since my tot is 22, uh, not two, but they are very active, and they're here every Monday morning, um, I believe at 9.30 in the gym, and the moms and, you know, the little ones come and hang out, and they have fellowship, and two weeks ago, they took a trip to the zoo instead of coming to this, you know, to the church. Um, they went ahead and got the kids together, and it was before school started, and they met at the zoo, and they spent the day together at the zoo. And I thought, wow, that's really cool that people are thinking about what else can they do. Like, it doesn't have to take place within the body. Uh, that, you know, they have their own, um, you know, sense of ownership and empowerment, and they made that decision, and they went for it. And um, I was kind of jealous that I didn't have a little one to go with them. <laughs> Not that I want, honey. I don't want any more kids. <laughs> yeah. And the mom and tots as well are, gonna, are, are owning, living the dream of reaching people through a relationship as well. They're going to uh, start walking and strollering the neighborhoods and inviting uh, young moms in the neighborhoods around here to join them just for simple relationship. That really is so much of the beginning place of life change. It's friendship. And we're, we're going to be providing more opportunities here for you to invite friends to just for fun, just for relationship, just for easy things that they'll want to come to. Uh, but we even saw on the wall some of the statements that you guys were saying things about, things about and just inviting people over for lunch. If we're going to live life through relationship, it means that uh, we're going to do stuff outside of here. And we're going to invite people over for lunch that, of, that are our friends here. And we're going to invite them over to meet some of our friends who aren't churched. And it's just going to be a casual, you know, Texas Hold'em night or whatever you play. <laughs> With chips, of course, not real money. <laughs> you know, just for the fun of it, just to have fun and do stuff. Yeah, I want to make clear that when we talk, you, you made mention about relationships. That's our goal. But when we think small group, we want to start thinking bigger. And as a 
body that's growing and moving more in this area, we have to figure out how we can meet people at where they're at and differing needs. So when we think small group, we're not wanting to think DVD discussion, okay? That's optional, that's one way, but we want to have lots. And the Moms and Tots is a great one, basketball on Thursday nights with Dan and Kyle. And um, well, we're going to have an, a marriage group coming up. Um, that'll be great. It'll be in t uh, I'm thrilled about that. So, but having a wide, we need more people to be involved in having whatever you're interested in. Maybe we can grab more people and do it. You know, there's a cycling group. Jason's here. He does a, um, a golf group. And um, just so that we can have, you know, some people aren't ready or I know with us, we're down one child now, but we still have two kids. And if we do one sport for one child, that's sometimes up to four, four to six times a week. We gotta make sure that we're doing relationships that are simple and that we can bring kids along or do things. So we're in this process of trying to figure out how can we do life together with more options. Yeah, because we, we seriously consider it a great week when we have two nights where we're home before 7.30 or 8. It's, that seems like a slow week. How many, how, many are, how many of your lives are like that? I mean, there's a lot of our lives here like that, aren't there? I mean, it's just, it's just a busy life. So how do we live relationship in a realistic way? How do we live our faith in a realistic way within that kind of a schedule? And it's got to be simple. It's got to fit in who we are and the lifestyle. So we were even talking about the fact that we may be starting to recommend more of our small groups do twice a month. Uh, where they actually get together for a study. And on the off weeks, you get, you, you get together as you can, on the night you can, for friendship or for fun or go to a ball game or, you know, whatever, meet people. Because there's no way some, some of our schedules won't allow us to, to be anything but selfish-focused and inward-focused if we're meeting every week in a small group, if we don't have some days off, uh, weeks off, where we can actually go and introduce some of our friends to some of our other friends that we meet at soccer who don't know Christ, and we just go do something fun. Uh, it just doesn't fit. So how do we make this work in a realistic way in, in relationship in the way we do it? Um, any other ideas that we, we want to share about how we uh, reach out to others? One thing I want to share uh, has to do with, with who really is initiating uh, some of the things we're talking about here. And um, as a staff, uh, we wholeheartedly believe that, um, that we are not necessarily the ones who lead everything around here. We believe that as a church body, uh, that it's, it's all of us together working. We're all gifted uh, by God to do certain things, and we want to encourage all of us to serve together. So initiating ministry or initiating groups or initiating those kinds of things doesn't have to come from us, but we want to encourage you guys to, when you feel the leading of the Lord, the calling of God in your life uh, to do something, we encourage you to, to step up and, and do that. Join in uh, the mission of the church, the church body, uh, to really advance the kingdom. And, and uh, there was a, an individual... Uh, that said this one time, he said, you know, there are people who, who are waiting for God to call them. You know, I want to call the Lord. I want him to, you know, I'm just, I'm just waiting to hear that. And, uh, and he kind of stopped and he said, you know what? The phone's been ringing the whole time. You just haven't picked up yet. Uh, God is calling every single Christian uh, into the ministry. It's, it's not for pastors or priests or anything like that. It's the body. It's all of us as Christians serving together. And, and uh, that's what, what we are really trying to push forward here is, is it's about everyone joining together in relationship, doing the mission and the work of, of God. Um, we are the church.
So you're going to hear more about some of the new things that are coming up in terms of just some exciting opportunities. And, and I can't tell you this last week, I walked out of the end of this week just going, I can hardly wait for this year. And there's some of the stuff I can't talk about yet, so I'm just going to tease you today with it because there are just some really exciting things coming up that I think are going to, that are going to make us such a force of beautiful, loving, caring, gracious relationship among ourselves and in our community. Uh, some of them you heard a little bit about, but you're going to also see some simple changes around here too. In about two weeks, three weeks, I forget what date it is right now, coming up, uh, we're going to have some two weeks, uh, two more Sundays after this, and then the third Sunday, you're going to actually see some just simple, uh, relatively inexpensive changes around here and that are really intended to uh, encourage relationship. Uh, one of those changes is on 9-16, Sunday the 16th, we're going to actually change this service from 9-30 to 9-15. Why? Because uh, right now we tend to get out and, and everybody is hustling, bustling with the second service coming in. And if you're teaching second service, you're hustling and bustling to get to your class. So we want to move it 15 minutes forward so that there's just a little more opportunity while we're here because we think this is a time-efficient time in our life. We're already here, right? To just hang out a little bit longer and talk to one another and meet some people and have some coffee and just hang out to be part of a relationship here. So that's really driving uh, a lot of the changes that you're going to see over the next couple of weeks uh, coming out here as well. And uh, the connect groups and the quest groups are going to continue to grow. You know, Jeremy mentioned the word calling. That's an intimidating word sometimes. Think of it this way. What do you have passion behind? Or what do you think would be fun to build relationship with people? That really is probably a sense of God's calling. What do you think would be fun? Just do that. Do that and build the relationships. Um, because we really want to return to what we've seen historically. We really want to return to what we see biblically. We want to return to what I think all of us in some measure have experienced in the past in churches, uh, where relationship drives everything. We can change our lives. We can change our community. And that's what Jesus' promise really is in John 17 when he prays for unity for us, not, not that we agree on everything, but that we stay together in long-term healthy relationship, that answering that prayer will change our world. Can you imagine what it would be like uh, a year from now if there are uh, 20 or 30 of us in here who have the honest testimony that Jack and Vanita have about being honest and open with other people about where they're at in finances and the turnaround and the peace and the beauty that brings to their marriage. Can you imagine how many lives would be changed? Not just our lives, but as that story gets told, how many other people in our culture, uh, you know, Wendy and I are actually thinking about downsizing a house. There's a lot of foreclosures going on out there. There's a lot of financial pain. There's a lot of divorces going on because of finances. I mean, just think about that one area. If we do relationship well there in our marriages, if we do honesty and openness in groups with one another where we support each other, each other to make a change in that one area, just think about the change that can make in the community. And as we begin this marriage group, as we begin other things, can you imagine doing relationship together and how that will change us and reach our community. 
how many stories we'll have. That's really our invitation today. So I want to invite you as well today to just take, go away and think a little bit more about this. Talk with your friends. What does it look like? What does it feel like? If you're in a small group, talk about, talk about it with them. What am I going to see different in our group this year if we live this better? What am I going to feel different? What am I going to hear that are going on in our group. If you're in a ministry area, on a welcome team, or in the children's ministry, or serving somewhere else, talk about it with your group. What are you going to see? What are you going to hear? What are you going to? What's it going to feel like if we live this dream together? Because it's all of us making a difference. Any other comments? Uh, we are going to have. You know, even if you don't like T-shirts. We had to twist her arm to make her wear a T-shirt this Sunday. <laughs> We're actually going to have T-shirts available next Sunday, and they're going to be sold at a, at, a, at a really inexpensive price that just share the vision. And I want to encourage you to consider, even if you just wear them in your yard working or you wear them exercising or whatever, would you uh, would you just consider doing that? Because it, it, it reminds us that we are the church, not what we do here, not what how good our program is on Sunday. We are the church. You and I, everywhere we go, we are the church. And God is there with us to tell a story that helps other people's lives. And uh, it's just an easy way to strike up a conversation and free advertising because the back does actually advertise our website. So, um, Lord, thank you so much uh, for the way that you are with us already. Thank you so much for the way that... Uh, I know just from what I'm seeing, from what I'm hearing, that that uh, essentially every one of us here is already sold on that this is this is who you're calling us to be, and that we're already going down the path of living this. Lord, I pray that that this year, these coming weeks, these coming days, these coming months, would be a time that we would uh, sense the ways you want us to tell your story in our lives better through friendship. And the Lord, we trust you because we believe your plan this year is not only to transform our lives to a new degree, but to also transform our community in ways that we've dreamed of, that we get excited about, that make us feel like life is worth living. So Lord, I bless the work of your spirit among us and ask that you would continue to lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. So this has been a different Sunday. I hope you've enjoyed it, but I know some of you may have come here with uh, real needs in life, Uh, physical needs, healing needs, uh, decision needs. We want to invite you to either turn to a friend and ask them to pray for you right now before you leave, or uh, join one of us down here, grab one of us, and we'd love to pray for you. God bless. Have a great week, Quest. Thank you for listening. Join us at Quest as we walk with one another in friendship while discovering the reality and goodness of God together. For more information and service times, visit us online at gotoquest.org.